Hi, this is Sean Blackshear, life insurance broker for First Family Life Allegiance. Did you know that life insurance not only will cover you if you pass away, but it's also used to build a legacy for your family. It can also help you generate income. It can protect your mortgage and it can cover you with any kind of medical affliction. Please contact me at 314-374-3412. Or please drop me a message on on Facebook and like the page at First Family Life Allegiance or go to my website, firstfamilylifeallegiance.com and schedule an appointment and I'll call you at a time that works for you. The beloved Elizabeth Elliot says, waiting on God requires the willingness to bear uncertainty, lifting the heart to God about it whenever it intrudes upon one's thoughts. So I wait. Let's get it. Welcome to the Rendezvous Podcast. I am your host, Ariana Shears. And this episode, The Truth About Purpose, is about just that, y'all. Waiting. Ugh, a dirty word, right? I don't like, I don't really like to wait, honestly. If I can be honest, I'm not a big fan of waiting. But I think I am pretty decent at being patient, if that makes sense. So our guest for today is actually going to be someone who is perfect at being faithful and waiting. It is none other than Kenneth D. Lockett, y'all. Kenneth D. Lockett is an amazing guy, and he will introduce himself properly, but... If you go to KennethDLockett.com, you will find the conglomerate that is Kenneth D. Lockett. Kenneth is a household name, okay? He has had his name on immaculate events, styled some of our favorite local celebs, and has been so consistent with anything he puts his hand to. Now listen, it was important for me to have a chat with Ken, and one thing that I took away from what from you know everything that he said was his ability to wait. Like if you go back and you listen to everything that he stated he had to do to get to this point of launching each of his businesses, which if you go to his website, when you go to his website, KennethDLockett.com, you'll see that the three businesses that he has are all a part of him. And that is what the real purpose is about. It's about waiting, taking the time to get to know yourself, taking the time to find out how you unfold in life, find out what it is that you're great at, what it is that you're good at, different things that make you you and make up the purpose for you even being on this earth, you know? And so what I loved about what Kenneth said was being faithful. And to me, faithfulness 
I didn't really get it. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't really understand the totality of faithfulness. But when he talked, it really showed me that doubting attacks our faith. And when you have certain setbacks that make it seem like what it, what you want to do won't happen, it attacks your faith. It makes you think that you're unable to press forward or move forward with whatever endeavor you have just because it's not perfect. And you'll see when he talks that he he had a very trying time. He went from having an office to not having an office. He went from having events, you know, that he didn't even position himself for to having almost no clients. And and his story is one that everyone can relate to because he never stopped, you know. It looked like why would I be doing this? Why would I press forward in this way? Maybe I should stop, but he never did. His thoughts never even crossed that line. So I really encourage you all to tune in, buckle your seatbelts, get some Ken's lemonade, get some popcorn, and make sure you get a notepad and a pen because he really drops gems that I still to this day am chewing on. I will definitely go back and listen to this episode time after time after time. So y'all, I introduce you to Kenneth D. Lockett discussing the truth about purpose. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you. Now, of course, we were, we already talked about who you are, but I want you in your own words to tell our listeners who is Kenneth D. Lockett. Kenneth D. Lockett. He is over the top. <laughs> I am very silly, mm-hmm. very family oriented very friend-oriented. So that's who I am. Very driven, very ambitious, very organized. Um, that's Kenneth D. Lockett, sort of. Yeah. I remember, I think my first real interactions with you were when you were singing backup mm-hmm. with Monique Renee. Yes, that is my sister. So yes, yes I sang background for Monique Renee for, oh, maybe about Five or more years. Five at the least. Five at the least. Mm. Nice. Tell me how that was. We're going to get into how that ties into everything, but tell me how it was taking someone else's everything, their vision, their ideas, their creative, you know, energy, all of that, and kind of making it your own. How was it being a background singer? Being a background singer, it was phenomenal. Yeah. And I think... Once I get you know get into my story a little bit more, it'll make sense. So the Lord has just given me just an abundance of talents, and I'm so grateful for all the talents that He has given me, and that's just one of them. But the many skills that I have, the one purpose is to serve. So I was just happy to serve, and then I just like to push people forward and propel them and help them to you know achieve their dreams, achieve their goals. So whether it be in ministry, whether it be in business, whether it be in my home church, whether it be a friend, I just want to help somebody else out to be the best person they can be. I love it. Everybody yeah. needs a good friend like that, a good um, confidant like yeah. that. Yeah. They need just somebody in their corner because, let's be honest, right now we are definitely in a 
generation. I can't even say season. Yeah. We're in a time where it's me, 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 me. Yeah. Everything that I want, mm-hmm. what I want to do, and every time I've seen you do anything, it has been serving. Yeah, and it's. I think that's what it's been since the start. I, I guess that's another gift that God gave me because. Um, you know, work with my grandmother earlier on in her ministry. So I've, I was, I was born a creative. I, I truly do believe that. But then I think I was, I was born to serve. So it, it's always in wherever I go. It's a capacity in whatever capacity. I'm sorry, it's going to be somewhere for me to serve. Yeah. So. Did you ever have trouble accepting that? No. No, I have never, because I truly believe that once we take care of other people, I'm, I'm 100% sure that God will take care of us. It's just the reaping and the sowing process. So one of the things that my godmother will always tell me that you have to sow the right kind of seeds. Yeah. So if I want to be served, I have to serve somebody else. You know, if I want somebody else's dream, um, if I want my dreams to be pushed forward and I want to excel, I have to do the same for other people. Uh, tell me a seed that you know you, you have sown that you know, okay, this is from that. If you can remember a seed that you know you've sown, because seeds aren't just money. That's mm-hmm. what a lot yeah. of people think. Yeah. Seeds are, it's money, it's, you know, giving someone a physical item, no. but it really is mm-hmm. your time, it's your prayers, it's mm-hmm. your energy, it's um, just goodness mm-hmm. into other people or other things. Can you think of any seeds that you know you've sown? There are two seeds that I think that I have sown that I know that God in this season in my lifetime is going to be paid. I think the, the seed of faithfulness, faithfulness is so important. And whether that be in serving or whether that be, you know, going to work on time, God rewards faithfulness and then consistency. And then another seed that I have sown that that I know, and, and like you said, we're going to talk about the importance of a team, just being there for other people. And so I've faithfully served in my church, faithfully served in my job, faithfully served my friends, consistently served my pastor, consistently served my first lady. So I'm beginning to see now that... You know, the seeds are coming back. You know, people are like, can I help you? And so when I did my official launch of KDO Enterprises on last Saturday, um, one of the things that came back to my remembrance was it's like, wow, like it's my time. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to accept still. But even in my businesses, every one of my businesses that I launched, um, my new business that I launched, which is administrative services, is serving um, for my business, creative image design and events for weddings. It's service. So I'm just, you know, all in the, in the service industry. So, you know, so on my live on Saturday, we talked about, somebody asked about the team and one of my team members commented on the live and said that my team chose me, you know, and that's kind of how it happened. You know, they were like, well, how can we help you? Well, I'm like, I need you to you know, help me transport flowers or help me do this event. So that's really how my team came about because we already had a great relationship from, you know, me supporting them and them supporting me. So faithfulness, consistency, and support, those are three seeds that I have sown that I know are, are ha- have come and are still going to come. I love it. And those are powerful seeds. Now, you mentioned how your team chose you. Mm-hmm. I want you to touch on the team you did not choose. 
Let's talk about your team at Haven House City of Refuge. I did not <laughs> choose that team. I, I, I 50-50 got to choose mm-hmm. that team. I came into, when I first started at Haven House City of Refuge, is around the time that I started creative image design and events. So, it just kind of you know worked out where you know when you have a events business and then you work in church administration so i worked in church administration from day one so my godfather pastor michael folks and my godmother who is no longer with us first lady phyllis folks they were the pastor so she was like um i need you to help me and i of course you know me liking to serve i'm like i'll serve and so i became the assistant office administrator and I served the entire time in my church. Wow. The entire time. So I was the assistant office administrator up until two th- for 13 years. And then she passed away. And then I became the executive administrator. So I was able to choose the administration team. And the administration team is a part of, they are a part of my everyday life, whether it be in creative image design and events. Or KDL Enterprises. My team is comprised of my friends and my family. So that's when I say my my team came looking for me. Even at Haven House, when I transitioned into being executive administrator, it was just God was already lining up the people because I literally was devastated because of my godmother's death. And so I'm like, okay, God, so you put me in this new position. Who's going to help me? And it seems like as soon as I said that, it was people. And sometimes it's, you know, business owners and, you know, leaders. It's hard for us to say that we need help or, Yes. yes, I need help. But people just start coming and saying, you know, Brother Ken, what can I help you with? You know, can I help you with this? Do you need me to do anything? So I had to learn not to be so um, headstrong and um, service-minded to serve myself that I wouldn't let somebody else, you know, be able to walk in their purpose Mm -hmm. of serving somebody else. So I would say that you learned that from her. Mm -hmm, Most definitely. And if you can tell me, because I know that was a very powerful relationship you mentioned Mm -hmm. her you mentioned your grandmother Mm -hmm. what is one thing you know you learned from first lady folks one thing that i know i learned from first lady give me a cherished memory something you know when she was whooping you real good because i'm sure you got this is can i give you do we have time for two i have two one is the power of and i respected her in her position respected something big and you have to honor where you know give honor where honor is due but i talk about the mean boss syndrome you know people say that my boss is mean and she was my godmother but she was my boss and i said this last week and i didn't get paid but she but i still respected her as you know an authority figure not as my godmother as the leader of this ministry and i'm under you i work under you one of the things that i had to get in my mind was that this is for a reason you know and you can't say oh well she was mean to me or you know my boss was rude to me or whatever some of the stuff the hardest lessons that she taught me came when i felt like i was attacked when really i had to just get you know with myself and know that hey she told you to you know get 10 pencils take the 10 (laughs) pencils down the street to to the walmart on west florissant and then i would come back around take five pencils and then take it to the the um walmart on Lindbergh. (laughs) so one of the greatest things that i know that she taught me is how to follow instructions 
And this is another thing that she told me, and it's awesome. And I say it all the time. She would say, you have to put on the spirit of offense. Please explain. So you so you have a, a, a choice. When, when something happens, you can say, you know, I'm offended or you can learn from it. But, you know, a lot of people, especially in church culture, you know, we're offended by everything. Everything. You know, especially when we are wrong. So yeah. it's so hard for us to say I was wrong. So instead of, and it was a hard thing for me because I'm like, well, and I quit. I would. I wanted to quit. Did you? So many times. I never quit. quit. I was gonna no. say, did you quit or did I you never do quit. one of those? I wake up every morning and quit, yeah. and then I go to work. I quit. Yeah, wake up every morning, <laughs> quit, and then, <laughs> then the Lord was like, no, just go, go right on back. Mm-hmm. And I probably, and she probably, I never told her that I quit, but I knew that that God was working something in me and out of me. Now, I think that's important because we are talking about the truth about purpose. Mm -hmm. And I find that a lot of people that ask questions about how they find their purpose get stuck in those molehills that Mm -hmm. they turn into mountains because of that Mm self-work that's not being done. What did you have to own up to, fess up to, accept about yourself to realize I need to be here yeah. and I cannot go anywhere. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I greatly learned in that time was how to serve in somebody else's ministry, organization, or vision. So one of the things that the Lord had to work out of me was it's like this is not your ministry this is ensure I was able to give ideas ensure I was able to give feedback but sometimes you know in my mind I'm like you know well it should go this way you know or I'm gonna take the five pencils instead of ten pencils you know so it just really taught me how to be a good listener yes how to be a good employee how to, you know, don't wear your feelings on, on your sleeve. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just have to stop and just be like, okay, what is this teaching me? Right. So there are many moments that we get where we can take that mm-hmm. perspective. But for the for the person that finds it hard to swallow their pride, what would you tell them? Just a quick little one-two punch. What would you tell them to help them feel better about working someone else's vision and not abandoning their own I think your time is coming Mm. and I think so many times we don't have the patience and then some of the I'm gonna go back to what what you asked me about the seeds that I have sown if you're not ready to be faithful if you're not ready to be committed and if you're not ready to support some you probably shouldn't even serve in somebody else's you know capacity And one of the things that I know is so, 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 so true. You really have to have a teachable spirit, Mm -hmm. an open, pliable spirit. Because even when you, you know, it is your time. You're going to need those skills of faithfulness. You're going to need those skills of, you know, how to communicate with people. So I would just say it's going to be everybody has their turn, you know, so it's going to be your turn. I have an obvious question. Why didn't you just quit? I don't think quitting was an option. Because I knew my purpose. And it was times that I wanted to quit. But I knew that God had a purpose for me. And I knew what I was, how I was supposed to serve her. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of self-reflection and a lot of hurry up and wait. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, people in the military talk about that a lot. That that's something that they learn how to do. Be here at 0800 hours, but then you're not doing nothing until probably 10 o'clock. Yeah. So having that mentality to keep in mind that it is eventually going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is is imperative. I don't think a lot of people understand or, or help themselves to receive that. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, what would you say is the one thing you wish you would have known 15 years ago? I think I would have liked to known. I think how to be more patient. Mm. I think I, I I wish I could have been more patient. Because even in that time, you know, working in the church is one thing, but even in my personal life, you know how you try to hook some things up and, you know, make some things work. And so I look back, I served for 14 years, you know, no, 13 years under her until she passed away. And I, 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 you know, served my clients in creative image design and events, you know, for wedding planning and just... I look at my life now compared to where, where it used to be when I just settled down and I said, okay, Lord, give me the patience and give me the grace. Yeah. And my, my good friend, Pastor Daphne Rice Bruce, talks about grace all the time. The grace to, you know, have patience, the grace to serve. And she says every time that she feels like she's almost out of grace, she says, God, just give me a little more grace. Yeah. So I think I wish I had a little more patience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it take you a while to get to this patient place? No. I think about halfway through my tenure at Haven House City of Refuge, serving under my godmother, I think that's when, because I was like, okay, Lord, you got to give me a sign like, why? Mm-hmm. You know, why? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know. And, yes. and, and because I was young, I'm 35 now, so I had to be about 20, early 20s. And I was, a, you know, office assistant at a church. <laughs> so, you know, and she would tell me, she was like, you know, it's certain things that you cannot do because you are, you know, connected to me. Right. You know, so, yeah. yeah. How does your time as being an executive assistant or mm-hmm. executive administrator tie into you leading your own team now. Wow. So, what happened was... <laughs> what happened what was... What happened was... So, when I became... I officially became... And this is something I want to say, too. We have to wait for God to promote us. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the time... And preparation is key. So, the whole time that, you know, I was, you know, serving, God was preparing me. So, when it was my time to transition and the Lord... And the Lord... Because they, the you know, the senior leadership of the church came to me and you know and not even really asked and they appointed me you know to be executive administrator of the church I started to you know gather my administration team together and then I was like okay pastor folks you need a new image we're going to do a photo shoot we're going to you know update our website so that's when I started working with my brand designer Lexi Ellis she's the owner of Purpose Concepts Brand and so she didn't have some of her systems in place in her business. And so I was like, you know, maybe I can help you, you know, get some things in order and, you know, situate some things that help your business run more efficiently. And so she was like, Ken, you know, you think, you know, you should think about starting a business for, you know, administrative services. And I was like, 
okay. So I said on it because I, like I said, I have been doing. I mean, I have enough skills in administration where I could, you know, start a church, start a start a business. <laughs> because when I had creative image design and events, I was my own administrator. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, administrating at the church. I was administrating for my business. So just administration, just just it just oozes out of me. It oozes out of me. So if you can list really quickly the three businesses that you just recently okay first it's kdl enterprises and that's kind of a a hub Mm -hmm. and um the theme or the line for that business is many skills one purpose so i didn't go i never i never went into what the one purpose was because i'm you know i want people to be able to tell my story like i'm here telling my story today and then that was kind of created started maybe like the fall of 2020 then i started creative image design and events styling company that was in 2008 and then as of last week i officially launched kdl kenneth d lockett administrative services yes now i know i knew about your um, wedding design before, or actually probably around the time that mm-hmm. I also knew about um, your, what, what is your cosmetology line? Called? Line. Um, a cosmetologist. Does it, does, it, does, it, does, it, does it have its own <laughs> no, name? No, it doesn't okay, have good. its own name. It's a licensed cosmetologist. Yes, mm-hmm. so I knew you were a licensed cosmetologist and I also knew you from doing your wedding design. Mm-hmm. How did you even start that? Well, go all the way back to the to the tops <laughs> of little kids. So I think my grandmother and I think my mom and my uncles and my aunts knew that I was a creative. Mm-hmm. So and if you have children for anybody that's listening that has children, please, if you see that your t- child has a gift or a skill, please cultivate the gifts and the skills that your children have. And that's what my mom and my my aunts and my uncles did, you know. I never forget my mom let me paint the basement lime green. Really? Yes. Yes. Well, how did that? What? Because I, you know, I had a vision. I was like, oh, I think green is my favorite color, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna just paint lime green. And then I was like, well, you know, mom, you know, I think, you know, you need curtains, or I, I yes. think so. Yeah. So a family member approached me in my senior year of high school and was getting married and was like, can you decorate the wedding? So I decorated my first wedding in 2005. Yeah. In high school. In high school. So that goes to show you right there, it doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter if you are positioning yourself for a purpose, Mm -hmm. you have ample opportunity. I think that's one of the more frustrating things that I ever hear. I just need a shot. I just need an opportunity. And there typically are plenty, Mm -hmm. but they don't look like what we want them to look like. We automatically want Shakira to come to St. Louis and see us at the international grocery store and say, I want you to style Mm -hmm. me for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and and let me just add something else. So, 2005 would would have been my senior year of high school. I actually dropped out of high school. And so this is another way how cre- <laughs> y'all almost spit out. My she tea. almost spit our tea out. <laughs> I literally, you know, I was going through some things, so I dropped out of high school. And if you go to my website, um, www.kennethdlockett.com, this will be in the comments. My okay, my whole story is there. And so I went through some trials and some tribulations. And so then I, I was just trying to piece the puzzles, piece the um, pieces of the puzzle together. So I knew I, I could decorate. So I said, well. 
I said, well, I can decorate. I'll just, you know, start doing weddings and then I'll make it big. I'll get one wedding and then I'll be an overnight success. <laughs> I mean, I had it all planned That's out. I'm like, yeah, like a, a ditty or like a, mm -hmm. you know, somebody was going to pick me up and I was going to have a success story of I dropped out of high school and now I'm here. And I, I still in it's still the same story. I did drop out of high school, and in 2014, I got my general education degree, my GED, for yeah. anybody who doesn't know what that means. But that was really like, and it was like, and I was everywhere, and I was decorating, and I was here. I mean, I was doing $15,000 budget weddings, 25, and in my head, I was still like, well, you don't have a, it was just like a torment almost, mm. you know, you don't have your GED, you know, and so once I finally was bold enough to come out and say, okay, well, I've never had my general education degree, and people were so shocked, because they was like, well, you, you were so put together, and you know, and you can speak, and you can articulate yourself, and I'm like, well, yeah, and so my life really did not take off until, you know, I got my GED. Really? Mm -hmm. Now that goes to show you, I love that you brought that out because a lot of people think they are what their experiences are. Mm -hmm. You know, like I will only be this. I will only be a single mom. I will only yes. be, yes. you know, an ex-convict. I will only be this. But as long as you put all of the confidence that you have in number one, God, mm -hmm. and allow him to build your identity for yeah. you. The sky is the limit. And one of the things I think I was so ashamed, and immediately when I started telling people, it was so many other people who I knew, you know, from church or whether it be work or different circles, that they also not have their high school education. So my testimony and what I went through, and, and that's the crazy thing, you know, what I went through was able to help somebody else and they were able to get, you know, their general education degree or GED. So I we I think we were talking about this before we, you know, started to talk officially. I I just cannot believe how God just used my testimony, mm -hmm. you know, to help someone else and then my testimony, you know, kind of bring me to this point where I can come here, you know, and tell my story about what God did for me. Yes, and I did want to bring that out as well, how so many people were saying that they were blessed mm -hmm. just by hearing your story, just by hearing what you've overcome, how you've overcome, the tenacity that you have just to keep pressing forward. What is one thing that you would tell the person that wakes up every day depressed, they wake up every morning hating life, mm -hmm. hating their job, not liking who's around them, what is one thing you can say to that person that doesn't see the happy ending in the middle of their mm -hmm. storm? What's something you can tell them? I think it would be a couple things. I think that perseverance is key. And one of the things I know when, when I was going through, and it was kind of a self-inflicted maybe, you know, test or trial, you could say, with me dropping out of high school is whatever you feel that you wronged you or didn't go right, sometimes we go in circles because we haven't dealt with that issue. So, and, and the Lord just clearly spoke to me one day, you know, and it was like, okay, well, until you get it right or until you do it the way I need you to do it, you know, it's, it's, it's going to keep happening. So I would tell somebody, and sometimes it's hard and it's hurtful to get to the root of things to see, okay, why do I feel like that? You know, right. why am I depressed? But I just challenge anyone in 
people say all the time, find your purpose. But I would really just tell anybody, just just begin to pray and ask God, God, what do you have me here for? God, what is what is my purpose? And just allow him just to speak to you. And sometimes, you know, our purpose is right in front of us. Look. Looking at us every day, yeah. staring back at us in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Now, while you were finding or allowing God to unveil and reveal your purpose, mm-hmm. were there any setbacks that made you stop and say, you know what, that hurt? I think it was around maybe 2010, 11. Mm-hmm. I was popping, this label site. <laughs> <laughs> And I may have been too much popping. And sometimes, you know, we get prideful and we get arrogant. Mm-hmm. And then God has to find a way to, you know, kind of, you know, bring us back down. So I had, you know, got an office space. And I was young. I was like 20, one, two, three, something like that. And I had an office space. And I was meeting with clients. And, and somewhere along the way, the money just stopped coming in. And I had to leave my office space. And, and I loved it. I loved I loved my office space. But that was one of the the most disheartening moments because once again I'm thinking okay I don't have my GED but I'm gonna be a famous decorator and you know it's you know his plan really wasn't jiving with my plan so that say that one more time his plan wasn't jiving with my plan yeah and you know so I was like well and so I had to you know move all my my things back into my house and you know just operate out of my house but it taught me humility It taught me humility and how dare I would get on a platform or get to a plateau where I'm not able to tell my testimony or get on a plateau where I wouldn't give God the credit or, you know, tell tell people what he's bring me through. So I would never, you know, not tell my testimony. Going back to the question I asked you earlier, after you lost your office space, why didn't you just quit? I knew I had a purpose. Mm. I knew, I knew that the location really didn't determine what God was going to have me do. Right. I, I still had a purpose to serve. I still had clients to serve. Oh, I still right. had a church to serve, mm-hmm. you know, so I couldn't stop serving because stuff had happened in my life. Right. So I think sometimes we fall in life, but it's really how you get back up and how you recover. It's so empowering to hear you speak because looking at, just looking at your page or watching you from a distance, you would think that everything was always perfect. And not to say that you didn't have any, you know, any setbacks Mm -hmm. or anything, but you would never know that behind every um, challenge that you met that there were equally Mm -hmm. a million setbacks. Mm -hmm. There were equally things that could make you not want to do it. It's just the grace of God. It's the grace of God. And I I, I never forget, because my godmother passed from stage four colon cancer. And I remember when they told her that she um that she had it. And she said, and it was and it was so powerful when she said it. She said, I give myself about five minutes to cry. And I woo sigh and I get it back out. I, I get it out and then I have to click back in. And so, you know, and, and and you may be down, but don't stay down. Yeah. And I think once we stay down, I think that's where we are defeated. Mm. Name two misconceptions people have about finding themselves and identity. 
two things just off the top of your head that you can think of that people are like, you know, stuff that they throw around that they feel is purpose or they mm-hmm. feel is identity, but really isn't. I think people take, and I know this is, this is going to sound crazy when I say this, I think that people think what they are good at and the skills that they have are their purpose. Break that down a little bit. You're stepping on toes. I know, I know. All these self-help books where you wake up in the morning and the thing that you, that's your purpose. No. (laughs) And it kind of contradicts everything I just said. You know, it was my purpose to be a decor, but it it really is my purpose, Mm -hmm. you know. But, you know, you may be a amazing painter, that doesn't mean that that's your purpose. Right. You know, and that, and another thing that we, we mix up, we think because God used us in that area, oh, that must be my purpose. But sometimes, you know, we get caught up in that purpose. Well, 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 that vein. And then we, we don't even hear that God is calling us over here mm-hmm. to be um, a teacher. Right. But that goes back to what you said about that humility piece. Yeah. And being able to really stop and hear and mm-hmm. listen as to what it is that we have to do and taking pride on yeah. the table. And one of the things that I know for a fact, you can either go with the flow for what God has you to do or he'll make you go. <laughs> I'm telling you. Seriously. He'll make That's you go. True. So you can go voluntarily mm-hmm. or you can go kicking and screaming, but you're going. <laughs> but and you're so going. that way it's hurtful. And I know it's been people in my life that I love that God was like, no, you know, cut that tie. It almost feels like like a death. You know what I mean? And, you know, like my office, that was a death to me. (laughs) (laughs) They packing that office up had to hurt. Yes, because it was more so about me and not the purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my, you know, my brand, how do I look? How people right. perceive me. Right. You know, that I wasn't even really you know, it was it was about me. Right. So you can like I would I would tell people, you can go kicking, you know, to your true purpose and screaming, or you can just go. Yeah. You know. Now what I know there are people listening who are already working their businesses. Mm-hmm. They have either been in the game for one year, five years, just woke up this morning and realized that they want to do it. Um, tell me one of the most frustrating things that you've encountered as a business owner. And it could be anything. Mm. One of the most frustrating things. Mm-hmm. I haven't had too many frustrations in business. And I know it sounds crazy because it hasn't. I think one of the big, biggest frustrations has been myself. Come on. I really do. I really do. You know, and and I, I look back over my career and I'm a good I I'm a self-observer. And I can pinpoint and I can say, well, Ken, you didn't do that right. You should have did that. So if I had any blunders in business or anything like that, it was because I wasn't organized. It was because I didn't manage my money correctly. It was because, you know, I wasn't listening or I wasn't, I didn't follow directions or something like that. I think I was, I was the biggest frustration. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. And yeah. Cause, a lot of yeah. people do stand in their way. 
and don't realize it or do realize it and feel that was my thing for the mm-hmm. longest i'm a, a licensed massage therapist and as you all know and for <laughs> plug years, yourself plug yourself um but the biggest thing that i did not like was doing massages i couldn't stand it Wow. Yeah, for years I did not want to do them, mm. and the only reason that I kept it up was because my clientele would keep calling. Mm-hmm. But I'd be like, I'm gonna have to do another massage for forever. Yeah. You know, yeah, if it but comes down to that. And then once I was in the middle of it, yeah, then I fell in love again every mm-hmm. single time. But it just went to show I am the reason that I am not doing mm-hmm. as well as I could or as well as I should mm-hmm. or whatever it is that the Lord want me to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And on my website, um, it says, one of the quotes that I use all the time or what I say, don't let, I think on the website it may say, don't let people put you in a box. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we put ourselves in a box, mm-hmm. you know. We let them and, open the door and we walk right yeah, in and close it a lot. Yeah. So we, you know, whether it be self-doubt or, you know, we don't, low self-esteem, you know, we don't feel like we're pretty enough. You know, I was putting myself in some boxes. And so once I figured, you know, you can be the author of your own demise. And then I think that's where it it, it comes that thing, you know, where you come out pointing fingers. Well, you know, it was it was this, you know, it was my mind because, you know, this happened to me as a child. And I could easily, you know, just looking back over my life, I could really come back and, you know, say, well, it was my mom. And it may have been, you know, in some people's opinion. But we have to take control of our narrative. And I tell people that all the time. You have to take control of your narrative. Yeah. We are the, the, he's the author and finisher Mm -hmm. of our faith, but we give him permission. Yeah. We give him permission. Yeah. So I want, this has been amazing. I know I'm having so much fun. I can ask you questions upon questions upon questions all night, but I want to get into some fun stuff. Okay. So this small portion is called, let's set the record straight. Let's set the record straight. Set the record straight. Who has the best rights in St. Louis? I'm going to go with China Walk. It's on 367 hmm. and Parker, located right next to St. Louis Fish and Chicken. I know exactly where you're talking about. Never had that rice. It's so good. Wait, is that next to the Family Dollar? Next to Dollar General. Yes. Yeah, and Rookies. Yep. I think I have had them. It's good. Not very memorable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. Oh. Okay. What high school did you go to? I went to McClure North. McClure North. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to any St. Louis high schools, but apparently that is the question that you have to answer. Yeah, you have to. What high school did you go to? <laughs> yeah. It's like saying hello. Right. Sorry, guys. I went to O'Fallon Township High School <laughs> in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> and then, which wedding was your favorite to decorate? I did a wedding at, without a question, this is my favorite one, at Ameristar at Rise Nightclub. Really? Yes. Why was that your favorite? Well, because the wedding was actually in a nightclub. Yes. And even the ceremony? Even the ceremony. And the reception? And the reception. How did you pull that off? Well, my team. Yeah. And I tell my team all the time, I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because I could have the idea, but if I don't have the hands right. to, you know, put everything together, you know, it's nothing. And to this day, the, the bride called me a couple months ago. She had a friend to get married there, and they remembered her and said, whatever your wedding decorator did has never been done. It probably will never be done again unless he comes. So it was like a massive, like I had never participated in a room flip. (laughs) Like we literally had like an hour to flip the whole Those are very intense. I used to be a event coordinator 
um, with Drury Hotels. I love you guys. If anyone's listening, I love you. <laughs> but I, I had to do that a couple of times. Yeah. But I had like hours to yeah. do it. Oh, yeah. I could not imagine. Yeah, I think cock, I think it was an hour. It was cocktail hour. Wow. But the staff at Ameristar um, Casino Hotel and Resort, they were absolutely Amazing. Yes. Yeah, so everything was kind of all already preset mm-hmm. and they just literally just picked the tables up and, and, and brung them in yeah. and we used the same chairs from the ceremony. So that's that's probably my most memorable one. That has to be without a powerful. question. Yeah. Now this is a biased question. Okay. But it's a shameless plug. Where can we find the best lemonade? Well, <laughs> she just poured me into this <laughs> so I'm gonna go twofold I think my favorite lemonade has to be from McAllister's what stop it yes the peach lemonade at McAllister's any lemonade from McAllister's is good to me I'll have to try but just recently um, not putting myself in a box I started I guess you could say another business and it's called yes. Ken's Lemonade. Yes. And so I was just, you know, playing around mm-hmm. and I posted a picture on Facebook. It was January the 7th. Mm-hmm. And from January the 7th to February the 2nd, I've sold 150 gallons of lemonade. You know what? I have seen so many gallons of you. I, <laughs> I really thought, oh, wow, I've been under a rock. Like, no, and that's what and that's what everybody said. Now I've been making lemonade for years, mm-hmm. but selling it no. And so, like I said, I tried to put myself in a box. I'm like, nobody wants to buy. I'm like, who, who's gonna buy lemonade? Right. And so my mom was like, well, people have to drink. And I was like, <laughs> well, they do because I've sold 150 gallons. I have people wow. asking for, you know, a monthly subscription. What? <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I'm working on now. So that's going to be the next thing that I'm going to launch. Mm. And I think Can't I put on your vibe. I'm excited to see it in Schnucks. Yeah, so yes. people wanted a distribution. Like even one day I wanted to go to Snook. I was like, I didn't feel like making it. I'm like, I wish I could <laughs> go get some of Ken's lemonade. And I was like, wait a minute, you are Ken. Right. So yeah, so my lemonade and McAllisters. Do you plan to is that something that you want to move forward with? Like have a team, get a kitchen? All I, that? I do. I want to explore every possibility that God has for me. Oh. That's a great answer. Yeah. I feel like family for you. Great answer. Great, great answer. answer. <laughs> I do. And my godmother used to say all the time, I'm not turning nothing down but my collar. Ooh, so whatever yes. God has for me to do, I want to do it. Right. You know, so I know somebody saying, how, how do you decorate weddings? And how do you, you know, make lemonade with a team? With a team. It's all about the people you surround yourself with. Yes. Okay. This is a, a plug question, not a part of the less of the restraint. How did you... How did you make sure that you had the right people around you? I think I knew when it was game time. A lot of this stuff is when you are decorating and things like that. And no, my friends and my family, they have not been my staff. I've had other people, you know, who are staff, you know, and, and, and people I don't know. But when it's game time, when it's in the heat of the moment, you know who works and then you know who does not work, yeah, you know, with the vision, true. you know, and just their, just their professionalism and, mm-hmm. you know, if we're at an event, how you communicate with other, you know, staff members or how you communicate with the staff at a venue. Right. So I think that's what I kind of, you know, some, I was talking to Monique today, um, my sister Monique, and we were talking about 
being inside of a brand and you everybody speaking the same language so the beautiful thing yeah so if we're in a, a brand or a vision or a church or an organization everybody has to speak the same language yes. you know so if you're not speaking the creative image language and you know you're late or you know we're, we have on black shirts and black pants right and you came in with i never forget i did a wedding and we were wearing black and gray and she was my assistant and at the time, <laughs> and she showed up in a, a khaki romper. I was just furious. I was just furious. Intentionally? Intentionally. Like maybe, maybe this was her first event, perhaps. It may have been, but I I know I was very clear what we were I'm wearing. Sure. Yeah. I'm look. I'm trying to throw a ball. Like, please. No. But then please. I'm like a romper. I mean, if anybody know what a romper is, you know. Now it was a pant romper, but it, you know it's but a it's still. a halter at the top. Oh no! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it was. I think it was. I think she ended up working like maybe two events, and then we had <laughs> to. You know, we we had to part ways, yeah. but we're still friends. Yeah, and sometimes that's good though. I'm glad you said that because. Sometimes if you don't work in a well in a space with someone, you can have that hard conversation and then still have love afterwards. Mm-hmm. But that goes back to what you said about events. Okay, going back to second the record straight, got two more. Okay. What's the dish everyone in St. Louis should know about? A St. Louis thing or just like something that if you are here, you better have this. I almost said emos. Mm-hmm. But Emo's is good to me. It's not my favorite. What's your favorite? Don't say Cecil Whitaker's. Cecil Whitaker's. Is it for real? I like Cecil Whitaker's. I like my pizza, though. Oh, I love my. I but love my. St. Louis. No. So, I'm going to say, because I've heard that everybody doesn't have St. Paul's. No, they I, don't. I love St. Paul's. They're so good. And Best Soda. You have to drink oh, Best yes, Soda. Oh, yes, a vest. Yes. You got to have a vest. Yes. yes. You know what's interesting? My family in the South, they, every time they come to St. Louis, they will get White Castles from here and take crepe cases and freeze them at home. Really? Yes. I like White, now I like White Castle. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'll eat it if you're buying it for me. <laughs> Not your personal. <laughs> I, it's the last thing that I think about eating and I never really crave. Yeah, I have to crave White Castle. Right. I'm not like, oh, let's go to White Castle. But oh, I love Chinese goodness. food. Oh, yes. I do. That, so, St. Paul, yeah. Yeah, that's becoming a favorite. Yeah, I'm not going to say the gooey butter cake. Oh, I'm a sweet person. That's I'm not a sweet person. You know, I'm not going to say, you know, and toasted ravioli, I could do without that, too. So, I'm going to go with the Chinese food or yeah. emos. Or emos. I like emos. I like emos, too. Mm-hmm. I like them as well. Okay, the last one, and this one is a fill in the blank. You're from St. Louis if. You're from St. Louis if you say her <laughs> instead yeah. of here. That's or over one. there. That's a good one. And we really do say, where you going? Over there? Over there, her, yeah. I can't not remember the last time I said there. It's <laughs> right. always there. Over her. Yeah. There. My aunt is from here and she Girl. lives in Georgia mm-hmm. and all the time they always are making fun of her and she'll post on her statuses and everything yeah. like they tally how many times she says her and there and were and all of it mm-hmm. I guess I missed it sorry I, I said here I said her here. it's okay though 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. This was a blast. This is super fun. It was. I'm sure I'm going to find a reason to get you back. Please bring me back. <laughs> I'll find a reason. So, everybody, we thank you so much for listening. I hope you appreciated hearing everything about the truth about purpose. You will see all of Mr. Kenneth D. Lockett's information inside of the um, comment section. You'll see all of his links. You'll see his mm-hmm. social media. And make sure you order some lemonade. Order some kids lemonade. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>